Hi everyone, my name is David Gillespie and you are listening to High Shelf Gaming Podcast. This is a weekly podcast about role-playing games and board games and gaming conventions. Every week I'm joined by my co-host Rich Wisneski and we bring on guests to talk about the games that they love, the conventions they're playing them at, all that good stuff. If this is up your alley, please feel free to download, listen, subscribe, do all that good stuff. And you can always find us on Twitter at High Shelf Gaming or join us on our Facebook group, High Shelf Gaming Podcast. It's a closed group. Click to join though and we're friendly to everybody and uh, you'll get to hang out and talk games with us all you like. Hey everyone, this is David Gillespie again with High Shelf Gaming. As always, I am joined by the uh, learned Rich Wisniewski. I think these are all opposite words. I think you're giving me all these words and they're opposites. So you're you're sneaking these little like uh, Sheldonisms in on me. Is that what I'm little doing? High Shelf family, glad to be here. Glad to be with Dave. Glad to be with our guest. Looking forward to a great episode. Yeah. So today we have a fantastic guest with us, Jack from Dots RPG Project. Jack, why don't you introduce yourself and kind of give the audience a sense of your gaming background? Like what what games, you know, do you play mostly that kind of thing? It doesn't have to be a whole life story, but just a sense of, well, you know, what your what kind of gamer chops you got? Cool. Well, my name is Jack Barrett and uh, started the Dots RPG project to help kick in the doors for uh, visually impaired players. We want to make sure that we get some good gaming material out there that's accessible. And I've been gaming since about 1980, 1981. Nice. Um, in fact, when we first got started, we didn't even have dice or books or anything. Uh, my brother just remembered the rules, so we cut up numbers and put them in a do- coffee can. and <laughs> Oh, I love that. Oh, that's yeah, great. It's, it's like, did you, did you grow up in jail? Because that's like a jailhouse <laughs> thing. You can't have dice because yeah. of gambling. Well, I, I grew up in a tiny town that has four stoplights, so close. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so conservative. Yeah. There were no D sixes, no dice in the whole town. Yeah, <laughs> it's like know, a holy thing on Footloose. Well, we yeah. well we did have we had D sixes that we ripped out of the out of the Yahtzee game. Yeah, as far as like all the other things, it was that's what we did. And remember, this is back when we didn't have internet, and the yes. nearest hobby shop for us is an hour away. You know, right. like one of those things. Right. So oh, getting a cool. D, getting a D twenty was impossible. Yeah, it's like I didn't even know it existed. My brother was telling me about it. And I'm like, you mean there's something different besides drawing numbers from a can? I didn't know. <laughs> um, you know, and it was cool because I always tell people a Folgers can actually uh, changed my life. So that's what. Uh, <laughs> it changes my morning every morning yes but so i started out with that and this was kind of a mix between the 1974 rules and the moldvay rules uh that came out and then when we first got our when we got our first books and stuff it was the actually the moldvay basic set so that's that's what i kind of started on went into uh second edition i mean i'm not second edition first edition when that came out and then my whole life changed because I went to the Navy and I was on submarines for about 10 years. And I remember I was out. We were out for a long period of time. We came back in and, and all of a sudden everything had changed and second edition was out and I had no idea. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> wow. on, on the boat, you're there for months, right? I mean, you're out there for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of crazy. I mean, we played – it was kind of cool. We played D&D underwater, so that was pretty fun, you know. So that's kind of neat. But, um, but I, would, I would say that over the years, I play everything uh, for the most part. I love what they've done with 5th Ed. 
I think that's fantastic. But I'm a huge indie gamer supporter because I think that some of these new, you know, like Alan Barr with Gallant Night Games and all them, the, what they're coming up with is just uh, Peter Petruccio with um, with his system is they're just fantastic and they're so innovative. And I think that that's actually for me is more fun to play than a lot of the uh, old school stuff. That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. So right now we're in this big tear talking about role playing games and a lot of D&D Pathfinder type stuff. But I really want to spend a couple of episodes in our future talking about games that are based in the East, games that are based in other places besides Europe, you know, uh, Victorian Europe kind of thing. Oh, speaking of that, is, is it OK to say something here? I, yeah. Um, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't have proper podcast etiquette because I literally. <laughs> no, yeah, no, you do think. Just, just hanging out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. So we, uh, so I'm actually working on a game system now. I've, and it's designed, uh, it's called, it's called Mosaic RPG. And it's because every single person, no matter what walk of life you're from, what the color of your skin is, what culture you're from, it doesn't matter. Well, I'm correction. It does absolutely matter because that adds to the mosaic that makes something really cool. Oh. And so, so what I want is I want See people to be able to play. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So I want people to be able to play what they feel represents them in their imagination, not what we put out as canned stuff. The other thing is we're doing is we're trying to make it so that it's a character sheet free record keeping free game system because wow. there's a lot of people that are that are, that have accessibility needs that don't that don't do it. So the idea right. is really what you do is you come in uh, with a a concept of what your character wants to be and you're that character. And then the, you go around the table and depending on if that sounds like something that would fit into your character's uh, design, then you get bonuses for it. And then if it doesn't, and the table just kind of votes on it. And so that way there's no need to create a, go through the whole, you can create your backstory in your mind. All you need is a name and a character and what it looks like. That's and uh, we're, and we're using, it's called CeeLo. It's also called Harlem Dice. If you watch some of the movies, the guys that are sitting in the, in the alleys throwing dice and stuff like that, it's actually that game system, that game. Oh, um, awesome. And it's really, really cool. It's And it's so simple to, to do. So we're working on that right now and I'm hoping to have that released, but it's going to be called Mosaic because I believe that role-playing games have the power to transcend bigotry and hatred and everything when you sit down at a table and collaboratively go for a goal. And I think right. it's really cool. Yeah. I, that's, that's funny. You, you kind of, cause we, we've touched on many times that it, it really is such a inclusive group that when you sit down to play a game, you play a game and all those other things really don't matter. And it's yeah, right? how if more people gained, we, we might get along a little better. It's, it's the, it's the cooperative experience, right? It's that we're all in this together Jack's coming back is what this just told me. Jack, you're coming back. That's it. I just go, we're coming back. This is a whole nother topic to dig into. <laughs> that's fantastic. Definitely. Okay. Obviously, this episode is really focused around accessibility. And, right. and that's, you know, we're talking about impairments and disabilities, right? Right. And, and overcoming those at the gaming table, specifically to role-playing games. But I think some of the stuff we're talking about here has application to other places, you know, uh, uh, other board games and that kind of thing. And so, folks, where, where we found out about Jack and his initiative was just on Twitter. Uh, he's got this fantastic Dots RPG project. Can you walk me through exactly how the Dots initiative works and, and the whole project of, of what you're doing there? Yeah, yeah. So I um, to kind of give you a little bit of background on it, um, this all started because about 10 years ago, I went to my first convention and I signed up for this game. It was a Changeling game, you know, World of Darkness, that whole. Oh, I love World of Darkness and Changeling. Thank and you. I'd never, I'd never played before. And I was like, that sounds really cool. So we sat down at the table and I looked over at the GM 
And I realized that he was completely blind and I'm like, and he had his whole stack of books. And I'm like, well, how does that work? You know, I didn't really know. I didn't understand. So I sat down, I talked with him and the guy would flip open the books and tell me to turn to page such and such. And, and it was just amazing. And his name was D uh, and uh, D passed this past January. But, um, but over the years we became really, really good friends. And uh, he was the most incredible storyteller because everything was theater of mind with him. So he's been blind since he was, he was, uh, you know, he has no memory of sight, put it that way. And uh, so one day I was asking, this is a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago. I said, D, um, dude, what can I do to make your life easier? I mean, how do you read your books? Do you have PD, do you have um, like screen readers that read them out to you or whatever? And his answer broke my heart. He said, Jack, I've never seen a page of my book. And he said, the companies don't put them out accessibility ready so that my screen readers have a hard time. His players read the book to him and he memorized all the rules. And that's how he played. And he said, also, there's just nothing out there for visually impaired people. So I, I don't have dice. I don't have this. I don't have this, you know. And so what I did, I said, well, dude, why don't we change that? And he said, what? So I hopped in a car, I drove three hours down to Richmond and we hung out and we started the dots project. And I taught myself Braille. Um, and which wow. actually, believe it or not, it's actually easier than, than it sounds. And it's really super cool because it's a code. It's not a language. And uh, so, yeah, so I can get behind that. Yeah, dude, it's awesome. So I sat down with them. I said, what are we going to do? So I taught myself Braille. Um, I raised money for a Braille embossing printer and the translation software. And I started translating books and printing them out for him. Um, and, uh, and on our website, there's actually a really cool video. The first time D got in his life, he, he was able to hold Braille gaming materials. And it was awesome. Wow. Um, and so those stuff that, you, that was what you made for him. As part of your, yeah, yeah that's, that's so, that's so fantastic, man. You're, you're obviously an amazing friend. Well, you know, it's kind of cool because, um, what we do with dots, dots and, and a lot of people will think that when you see dice or you see something like that, you're, you're filling a niche market. And that's not really the case at all with dots. What we're doing is we're simply raising awareness because I don't want to sell dice. I don't want to, I don't want to make profit off this. This isn't what I do. Now, eventually we might sell some things just so we can buy equipment that we can get more stuff out there. But nothing to do with with raising profit whatsoever personally. And so what we do with the dice models is we have a really good, awesome guy named Sterling Pittman who takes all my ideas and creates these fantastic 3D printer models. And we make those available for download for free. Now, we do sell on Shapeways.com, but we only we don't charge a penny markup. But they're they make fantastic quality dice, but they're really expensive. So we're working on some ideas now to where we can, maybe we can print these out and get them out in the hands of people for ten to fifteen dollars. That kind of thing. A whole braille set of dice is what we're looking at. So the idea is not to make profit; it's just to raise awareness and to get the industry on board with making accessibility needs part of their game design process. That's that's really nice. And yeah, and and for the folks at home that maybe haven't seen these yet, the dice look really interesting. You know, one of the things I thought when I first heard about this was, oh, well, you have little divots that go in. Well, that doesn't work because those divots get filled in and they're not super easy to read with your fingers, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. So so your dice actually have raised edges, so there's mm -hmm. no chance of the dots of the Braille tipping the die, right? Mm -hmm. and yeah, the, the, the raised edges and the dots are parallel. Yeah, oh, it's, so, it's so neat. I mean, folks, it, when you get a chance, you know, whenever you get home, you're no longer driving in your car. Go and look at these. They're just the, the visually, 
they're very interesting. And, and immediately you can see the utility. You can see how clearly these are function, fully functional dice. They're not uh, hampered in any way. Now, I'm one of those people, I notoriously roll horribly. My dice try to murder me every chance they get. Um, so that's just the way I roll. If, if I'm rolling high and you're not seeing it, I'm probably cheating. Um, <laughs> feel free to sit down at one of my games anytime. <laughs> yes, I mean, uh, it's, it's true. And one of the questions that people ask me a lot are, are balance. And I got to be honest with you. I'm not really a whole balance freak because I don't really care because it's just a it's just a game and we just roll it. If it works, it works. Right. So but I did decide to try the latest set of dice. I said, OK, let me get a game science D20 and let me get one of these. And I rolled it through a dice tower 500 times. Yeah. And actually came out. It, it's not that the die is more balanced than the game science dice. It actually rolled more consistently the game science dice, I think, because it has bigger surface area. And I don't think that weight can weight really plays a factor into it. So as far as, you know, fully functional, yeah, they work. And I'll tell you what, if you, um, <laughs> if someone brings us, if a, if a person who's visually impaired brings a set of Braille dice to your table and you say, no, they're not balanced, they're jerks and don't play with them. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, right. that's really what it is, but, but yeah, so they're, they're fully functional and they work really well. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. Yeah. And they, they look really cool too. And I, and I like that you're going the 3d printer out because one, 3d printing is pretty awesome. And two, that really, in, enables people to do some fun stuff with that you know i mean they can make changes they can make adjustments and and have their Mm -hmm. own tweaks for you know fate die or uh the custom like one of the things i wanted to ask you is some of these games nowadays like fantasy flight is releasing all these rpgs with custom d12s and custom d6s and story dice is what they're calling them but they have custom faces so the fact that you're doing a 3d printer file means that it's possible at least for somebody to go in and and change those die to be, mm-hmm. you know, to fit the game, to communicate what the game is trying to communicate without using numbers. Yeah, the Genesis system, I think, is I love that system. I love, I love the whole Fantasy Flight system. I think it's fantastic. And so one of the things I'm looking at is I'm looking at creating larger dice mm. that are blank so that people that are 3D modelers, maybe they can go in there and actually put what they want to. So maybe they can even replicate those um all together right. and we even have like i don't i'll hold it up i know the audience can't see that but i actually have already tactile fate dice oh that's great um, yeah the giant yeah, plus so giant cool. minus that's great yeah yeah so but but stuff like the uh the genesis system that is one where you know we run into a couple issues one is the dice it's very tough to reproduce those you know as far as you know tact tactically but the other thing is like record keeping character sheets for that could be pretty rough so yeah Right now, what we're doing is we're trying to tackle little things like, hey, you know what? Let's get some dice in their hands. And that's awesome right there. They can just let them roll. So they can that that offers a little bit of independence. And then we'll get the game designers involved to start tackling, tackling some of these other issues, too. Yeah. Are you getting a lot of I mean, clearly, I I'm seeing a lot of attention going your way. Are you getting some attention from game designers about kind of your project and your initiative here? Yeah, believe it or not, I can't talk about a lot of them. But uh, but yeah, we are actually in. Here's where I have to do a shout out, man. If it's cool, if I can, yeah, um, of course. But I've got I've got three people that help me with this project that are rock stars. Uh, Jess Dempsey is my right hand person. Uh, she literally is the one that made Twitter happen because I'm old with gray hair and I don't Twitter. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know the feeling, Jeff. <laughs> so uh, Jess is she is a rock star and she is just taking this to a whole new level because she is a social media expert. And then her boyfriend, Joey, has got this engineering big brain is what I like to call it. Uh, look at that big brain on Brad. You know, he, yeah. <laughs> Joey is <laughs> awesome. Fiction audience. Yeah. Yes. So, so Joey actually came up with the idea of the latest set where if you look at the dice, they have a ridged edge around it. 
uh, you know, when you look at them and what that serves as that serves as the, uh, the bottom part of the Braille cell, because dots are oriented to a bottom and top. So that's what those dots are. I was going to ask about that. It's really odd. I figured it was weight distribution. I figured it was some type of balancing mechanism. (laughs) You're like, fuck it. We don't balance. We just roll. And it was like, where is that at? And now I see what you mean. That is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Because, because the Braille cell, if you were to hold up a D six and look at it with the dots, the pips parallel, that is a Braille cell. It's a D six. And so all the dots are just based on, on that systems, but you have to know where the bottom part of that, because normally when you're reading a paper, you you know, reading on, on Braille, you can feel across. It's just left to right, left to right, left to right, just like a regular thing. But when you're rolling dice, you have to have a way to orient those dots. And so originally I had put like lines and all this stuff and it got so busy and Joey just kind of looked at it like two seconds ago. Why don't you just draw a dotted line around that? I'm like, because I don't have a big brain. That's why. (laughs) So so anyway, that really worked out well. So when you feel it, when you feel the dots, you just move your finger up and that's the, that's the orientation point for the Braille cell. Oh, that's fine. That's like, like the numbers four, six, eight, and zero, they're all made with three dots. And if you rotate them 90 degrees, they actually make different numbers. So you have to know which where the, what the bottom is of that. So, yeah. Wow. I see yeah, that on the D20 on the face that's showing. Yeah. yeah. I'm up on Shapeways. Basically, I search for Dots RPG, right? And uh, your Shapeway, the Shapeways location comes up immediately. And on that D20, you can see on the face following you. Oh, and the dots might be a little bit closer and a little bit further apart. I don't know if that's on purpose or is it the orientation that's on purpose? Yeah, it's orientation. It's okay. Yeah. yeah, and and it's and it's weird. Like for instance, in in Braille, this is what's really cool. You guys ought to check this out. I wish everybody got involved in this because it's awesome. Um, the thing is, Braille numbers are only one through zero. So, and they're made with the same letters A through J in Braille. So oh. that's that's the way they do it. But when you have a number in Braille, they have a number symbol that goes out in front of it. So imagine putting two D6 together is what you would actually read. There's two Braille cells that make up a number. If you have 20, you have a Braille, the Braille number sign. You have the number two, which is letter B, and you have the letter or, and you have the number zero, which is a letter J. So it's actually three Braille cells. Now, you can imagine that'd be tough to fit on a set of dice. So what we did is we got rid of the number symbol by using those dots, that orientation parts, because we know they're numbers on there. So you don't have to worry. Right. Yeah. You're not worried about signifying they expect this is going to be numbers. Got it. The the other thing I worked with is I saw an example of this on Thingiverse and then I brought, I bounced it off D, my buddy. I said, D, what if we didn't do like the number 20 with two, like, like one, like 18 doesn't have two Braille cells. What if we just take the letters below it, which is K through T. If you were to put Put A through J on a line and then put K through T directly below them, you know, each one directly below the next one. All they're doing is adding the third dot, uh, the, the bottom third dot, and it makes those those letters. And I said, what if we use K through T for 11 through 20? He oh. goes, that's awesome. So now we're just using, so it's not uh, formal Braille when it comes to, you know, 18 through or 11 through 20. But what it is, it's, it's simplified so that if you know the number 17, put a dot in the bottom left. And I mean, the number seven, put the dot in the bottom left, it becomes 17. Wow. So that, okay, that is, you're, you're creating informal Braille so that it's quicker and easier and simpler for people to participate. Yeah. And plus it also saves room on the dice. So you don't have to have softball sized dice, (laughs) (laughs) which is, which is also another thing. It's like, oh, cool. I have this great tool that I can bring to the game, but it's so big that I really can't use it. Yeah, in fact, it's it's probably. Have you ever seen the um the big D the big D twenty the big D thirties? They're about like mm-hmm. I don't know how big they are, like twenty eight millimeter, thirty millimeters. These are these are about the size of those D thirties, the D twenty. Yeah, um, 
And uh, so they're they're not horrifically bigger. They're in fact you can see kind of. Uh, I know they can't see it, but that's that's a size difference between. Games. Oh, sweet! Yeah. I have a set coming, Dave. Oh, nice! Oh, yes. Do you really? Yes, so, yes, I so, have a set coming. So that's. Nice. I mean, but even that. I mean, yes, there was a bit of a size difference, maybe a fifteen percent bigger on yeah, the, the dots, yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Not cool huge. Big. The the thing is, yeah, exactly. It looks kind of cooler. Um, the thing is, is that it. I can hear what you're saying. If you had to include more letters on the facing, mm-hmm. you'd have to get to such a large die that now it's it's an encumbrance. It's like, well, I have this thing, but it's almost ridiculous. And when a die and when a die has a sticker on the side that says two man lift required, you know, for safety. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, team effort, like team effort to roll this. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right. So, well, that actually kind of inspired us because one of the things because originally just going through Shapeways, which they're let me tell you, their quality is spot on. They're phenomenal. But it's it's very it's not cost effective for a lot of people. Right. So what I thought is, what if we came up with another set of dice, a different set that used fewer few dice, fewer dice, but had the same roll. So if you think about it, a D10 by itself is is one through ten. But if you were to roll another die, let's say odd or even die with it, a D6, and let's say that you said whenever I roll even, mm. whenever I roll on this becomes high. Oh. That becomes 11 through 20. You just add it to 10. Yeah. So what we did is we created a set of die. If you look on Shapeways, there's a lightning dice. And what I did on that is I have a That's D10. That's what that is. Yeah. It's a D10, a D8, and a D6. And then I have a random uh, a random die that has a lightning bolt on it that has four sides. And so that's just basically all it means is odd or even. You don't even need the lightning die. Sure. Uh, but basically, if you wanted to roll a D8, the, 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 the eight-sided die has the numbers one, two, three, and lightning bolt on both halves of the die. So it's a D4. If you want to roll a D8, you roll it with a lightning die or an even odd and even die, and that becomes a D8. If you want to roll uh. a D6, you roll a D6. And if you want to roll a D12, you roll it with an even odd even die. If you, roll a, if you want to roll a D10, you roll a D10. If you want it to be a D20, you just roll it with an odd or even die. And so the idea is you could actually get away with three dice to replicate an entire set of dice. That um, that's so that's and, and pricing wise, he he really brought it over half the cost. Mm-hmm. You know, so in other words, I did that purchase, and I think I worked out to like sixty bucks something, like sixty two dollars. Yeah, um, you would end up being at probably the thirty dollar or less mark with the lightning die, and that that makes it more accessible. More reachable to more people. Just and, like, you know, those, the, um, you know, I'll give you a shout out that there, there is the ability for uh, folks to make some donations um, to uh, the project that you're working on. With those donations, is it the purchasing of dice and making those accessible in um, uh, visually impaired areas? Well, what the, what the donations start, we actually, Jess and I just talked about this the other day. Originally, what it was, was the donations are just going towards, yeah, so we can buy dice and send them out to people that can't afford them. Good. So the idea is don't let money be a factor in gaming. If we can raise the money to get dice to you, that's great. Or there, we also have a dice sponsor program where uh, if you go into on Dots RPG, there's a Heroes Wanted sign on there. And if you click on it, there's two options. One is dice, progr- uh, dice sponsor. All you do is order dice and send it to me and I'll get it out to people that need them. So that way oh, there's not great. even money changing hands um, and we just get them out. But one of the things we're looking at now is we're thinking about doing um, about raising some money to purchase a couple of new 3D printers Ooh. with a bigger surface bed that use dual so that you can have like um, water soluble supports. So they don't mangle the dice. Oh. And uh, and the thought is if we can do that, we can produce a set of dice and put it in the hands for people for like, you know, $10 or something as opposed to, I mean, a full set as opposed to 50 or 60. Yeah. Um, 
And so there's some things we're playing with. We'll, We'll put that out a little bit later once we have the, you know, the details worked out. But the whole concept is that we just want to make sure that we get this into the hands of people that need them. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, when you, when you, when you think about it, a lot of, not everybody, but there are a lot of people that are on disability, uh, with, with this and, you know, $60 is like $600. And so, you know, the idea is gaming is there to entertain. So let's, I mean, let's empower them. So right. uh, if we can raise the money, let's just do it. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're on a fixed income, you have fixed outputs too. So mm-hmm. that your your window of discretionary money is very tight. Right. And 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 the idea of well, all right, sixty dollars. Maybe that's a couple of months worth of whatever their discretionary spend is, and that's just for dice. You know, for the folks at home thinking, man, spending two months of my you know discretionary spend on just dice. How the world am I going to get to the rest of my gaming? Yeah. And, you know, that's something and that's cool. So and, you know, if anybody's out there, we don't have everything in place yet. But if anybody's out there that can't that, that like, you know what, I'm vis- I'm visually visually impaired. and I really could use these dice, but I can't afford those. Write us anyway. We try to raise the money and we get them. I, there's been a lot of times I'll just fork it out of my own pocket and get it out to people just because we want to make sure. Now, I can't do that a lot because my wife will absolutely kill me. <laughs> right. uh, well, that's that's the that's the uh, that's that's always the the hard part for anybody like yourself that's doing something really great is you end mm-hmm. up investing so much of your own personal time and energy. It yeah. might end up costing you somewhere else. And then the whole thing stops. Right. And mm-hmm. and you have to protect yourself so that you can run the whole operation so that more people can benefit for longer. Right. Right. Exactly. So the, the idea is we're, we're, what happened when, when that tweet went out that you found out about, that's what actually changed everything with dots. When cool. Jess, Jess handles all that. When she said, when she put that out there and I saw that it got retweeted like 7,000 times. Nice. Holy smokes. You know, um, I was like, this is, this is incredible. And we even had Matt Mercer retweet it, you know, yeah. and a bunch of stuff. And we ended up next thing, you know, we had a, a geek and sundry article written on us and I'm like, Dude, this is like a nerd's dream, right? Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Uh, Way to make it. Thing is, it <laughs> my, my thing is, as this grows, we don't know where it's going to go. And I've had a lot of people ask me, said, Jack, what if somebody steals your idea? I'm like, okay, let me let me make one thing clear. I hope one million companies steal my idea. Right. It's I hope that one million companies rip off every single thing that we're doing because all that's going to do is make it competitive and great for people that need it. Right, yeah. Um, oh, no, the world is now a better place. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I, I just, I don't even understand. I don't even, for me personally, I didn't even, I didn't even consider that because I'm like, I'm not doing this to make profit. I'm doing right. this because I love gaming and I want as many people to be able to play as I can. And then on my side with the donations aspect of life, uh, man, I got a lot of things going on too, but I like a lot of good things to happen. And if I can enable someone that's making good things happen, that's good for me. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, maybe I don't have the wherewithal. I don't have the opportunities. I don't have whatever. But guess what? I got a hundred bucks. And if I can get a hundred bucks in the hand of someone that's making life better, that's a good thing. So right. keep that up. And, and yes, I understand probably having to dig in your pocket once in a while, but hopefully the 7,000 retweets is going to enable uh, some <laughs> donations. I know the high show family, they're going to get out there, click those buttons, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause that, that's a, that's a great cause. I just can't help. That's awesome. I appreciate it. And we're actually working. So just, just in, in, in full disclosure, we're not a 501c3 yet. We're working on that. Mm. Um, so money donations aren't tax deductible yet. But that's why I love the Dice Sponsor Program because it doesn't involve money right. as far as like changing hands. Now, when we become a 501c3, that makes it great because you can write off all the donations. But 
I personally, I didn't know it was going to get this big. That's how it goes, right? You, you start off with this, this cool initiative and you're just trying to be a good human. You know, I'm just going to be a good human to other humans. And it's, and that's the way the world gets better. And yeah. other people out there who didn't have the wherewithal to do what you're doing said, I love this idea. I'm not going to make my own dots initiative, but I can boost the signal on this mm-hmm. one and make it get as far as it can, which is phenomenal. Oh, Dave, I, I like that. I'm going to be boosting the signal all the time. Oh, you know, that's oh, a I serenity that. callback. Was... You know, that's a serenity callback. Oh, is it? Did I... Oh, it is! Oh! Yeah. I, Firefly fail. Firefly fail. Okay, everyone, I have to leave now. Oh, it's okay. It was nice knowing you, man. It was good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jackie, you're, you're, you're new to our little family here, but I think every other episode we talk about Rich's love of serenity. So the nice. <laughs> Firefly. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, well, it's not the love about it, right? Right, right. So, so you started with the dice. And we do have some other things I want to kind of mention in here just for producers, you know, podcast makers and and game designers, that kind of thing. But I imagine that you are running into a wave because one of the things is you get this wave of interest in what you're doing, but you probably are getting a wave of other ideas and other initiatives. What what else is going on in your world now? We have, and, and that's, and, and, and you're, you're spot on. Like I've got another podcast interview next week. Um, Jess is awesome. She's my brain, man. If I didn't have Jess, <laughs> I would be lost. She, she organizes everything. She's fantastic. But the, we've had people that have written in about like, okay, what about for hearing impaired people, uh, impaired people, you know, but what, how do we incorporate, you know, American sign language and all these different things. Yeah. I've had people that wrote in uh, something very interesting that I didn't know is that only about 10 people, 10% of the people that are visually that are totally blind, only about 10% read Braille. Oh, so, wow. so that just all of a sudden I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to do about that? And then there's also people that are legally blind who they need larger numbers and maybe somewhat tactile, but they don't use Braille, you know, they need bigger, or they might have a contrast issue where, you know, if you hold up a, a regular die, like one of these Braille dice, that's great, but they just see a blob. Oh, and uh, so you need high contrasting colors and those types of things. So I'm in the process now. I've got a set of dice that I'm working on that um, it's larger and the, 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 and it's like the lightning dice because they're ridiculously expensive. Um, you know, through Shapeways, the D8 was like 40 bucks. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to print and give those away. Um, <laughs> but, the, uh, but the idea is you have about a three quarter inch number that's raised. So they, so, and it still has the lines around it. So you know which way they are. So whether it's right. six or whatever, but it's high contrast color. So you can, paint in the background like black plus you could have a white die with black or something like that and suddenly you now have a high contrast tactile big die you know um so you're, you're kind of touching on something that i do as a habit now and that's just me and, mm-hmm. and maybe this isn't uh, i only buy high contrast dice like oh, okay when i go to chess x and all those guys i I get a normal set of dice from a, you know, uh, in a visual perspective, but they're always high contrast. And part of it is I want to be able to roll something and very quickly be able to know what the heck's going on. And when yeah. people have those dice that are like all smoky with the silver inlay, that's kind of matches the, the extra. It's like, I can't read that die. I don't know what's going on over there. Like what the heck? <laughs> Dude, I, I hit for 20. I hit for 20. Hit for 20. <laughs> It doesn't matter if it's a one or a four. Yeah, right. A DM can't right. read this. It doesn't matter. Right. Have you right. ever seen the, the, the Q Workshop dice, which are absolutely beautiful, but they're the Elven dice? 
Oh yeah. Um, like oh, you yeah. Were, I bought those. I'm like, this is the coolest set of dice ever. And I caught myself going, what the hell did I just roll? Yeah. Right. And right. So it's the that's, whole thing. It looked nice, but I couldn't that's, tell. That's the thing is when you're looking on the webpage, that dice is giant. It's filling the entire <laughs> yes. screen and you're like, oh yeah, this is going to be so easy to read. And then you're rolling. You're like, I have no idea what's going on. I think I died. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and, and so, yes, I have a, a personal pet peeve that at my table, I really like high contrast dice because they're just easier to read, just easier to play. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm sure that, okay. So I did want to talk, you're talking about hearing impairments. What kind of, what kind of feedback, what kind of ideas are filtering in? What's the, what's the, what's the take there? Well, one of the, right now, what it is, is, is just people reaching out to get in touch with us. Mm. Uh, so in other words, there's really not a, a good sense of what we need to do yet because right. for, you know, for hearing impaired, it's, it's different. So they can see everything. They just can't hear the story. Right. Oh, and let me tell you from running a ton of cons, Jack, that is on both sides of the fence. If I want to DM and I'm in a room with 15 other tables, I'm having to yell. And, and, and you know what, what if even with my yelling because of a hearing issue, all that background noise is jumbling in with, um, you know, an impairment, what, how can I make that experience good for them? Guess what? They probably just don't come. They probably came one time and we're like, I'm never doing this again. And so to reach that, or imagine if you're a great storyteller and you're, you're a great DM GM and you want to run an event, but you can't hear the people talking to you in that type of environment right. to be able to have a little listen idea or a little, you know, okay, put this headphone on. Right. And now I got a little mic and we're, you're able to always hear me, even though all that other stuff's going on. That's great. That would be, but again, cost factor, I I guess I could make up something, but it gets expensive. But, but what you're, what you're, what you're talking about there is exactly what we're, we're, what dots is hoping to do. It's just, that's a, that's a need that needs to be met. Right. So, and here's the cool thing, dude, I've been married for 25 years and I was in the military. Pride has gone out the window. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I, 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 that is not something that that's, that's a, it's an impediment to me. So what my thought is, if anybody has great ideas, my gosh, reach out. We will do what we can to help, or maybe yeah. put you in touch with people that we know, or maybe we can just help you get your own initiative started and we can all work together right. to come up with something because it, we're never going to know until we have the ideas presented to us. Cause there's no way that, you know, a couple of people can come up with everything. Right. And just like what you're talking about, the mic and this, that's a fantastic idea. We should get people to try it. For the folks at home that maybe uh, are not super clued in on, on the hearing impaired services that do exist, there are interpretation services. There's stuff out there that do this kind of effort, like uh uh, an interpreter will listen and then chat what is mm-hmm. being said, that kind of thing. But typically these kinds of services folks are only for school and work, right? Mm-hmm. Or the hospital, right? Or you're going to the, you're going to go talk to your doctor. So these services are really there as a, your life has a need that must be mm-hmm. met. There are programs that do that. Obviously gaming is not in the quote unquote needs category. So it's really on us as gamers to say, okay, there is a, a group of people out there that want to play. I would love to play with them, but um, the services that they have available in their other parts of their day-to-day life, they won't have with me. You know, they can't have a, an interpreter at my game. That's just not possible. Um, so there's a whole new subset of needs, you know, that they have to fit the wallet, right, for either the provider or that kind of thing. Um, and I wanted to say for the folks out there that make podcasts and that kind of thing, there are 
um, transcription services out there that are very low cost. They're not, unfortunately today, they're not 99% accurate human transcription, which costs like a dollar to $3 a minute. So an hour long podcast costs you a ton to get transcribed. Um, but there are cheap and free services out there, um, that, that can provide transcriptions for podcasts and for folks that are doing like audio stories. Cause yeah. that's one of the other things is I've heard a lot more, you know, you look at critical role, you mentioned Matt Mercer earlier, mm-hmm. all their stuff has to be transcribed. Yep. You know, yeah, it's, you know, and that makes it, you know, th- this whole thing just got a new, I, I just thought about something and that is there was a guy, uh, he was, uh, apparently he won the America's next top model, that reality show. He's mm-hmm. deaf. Oh. And he's been in several different movies, actually, or several different TV shows and things. He created with his winnings uh, a device where someone can talk. He can someone can talk into it. And it'll it'll transcribe it. I and it's just an app. I think the app's available. Oh my gosh! Okay. So Holy if I find shit. it, I'll let you guys know because I'm like, what if you had a way to sit like a centrally, you know, a, a, a uniform, you know, unimicrophone that you could put in the middle of the table and you yes. could talk to it and that just automatically translates over. Yes. Yes. And for the home game, that's perfect. Cause your, your audio is, is controlled. You don't have a bunch of other people in the room with you. And yeah, if we can find that app, I'll hunt for it. You hunt for it. I definitely want to put it in our show oh, notes. Yeah. Cause that's, yeah, we'll find it. that's, that's key. Um, well, definitely ping me on Facebook because I'll forget. Sure. So if you Facebook, <laughs> you reach out to me, man, we'll stay in touch yeah. and, we'll, and we'll get that. We'll, man, we'll rock it out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I married Wonder Woman, by the way. She is freaking awesome. She overheard <laughs> us. She came down. She found the app for us. Um, oh, look at that. Oh, my gosh. That is yeah, awesome. She, she came down with her laptop and said, here it is. Oh, that's it's, great. Um, it's called the ASL app. Oh. And it's written by – the guy's name is Niall, N-Y-L-E, and last name is DeMarco, D-I-M-A-R-C-O. And uh, it's um, it's the app.com. Okay. And it okay. talks all about it. Perfect. All right. Look at that. Thank you. Thank you. I'm married Wonder Woman. Check it out. Thank you, Josh Wife. You're you're amazing. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. We'll get that in the show notes. Um, I had one other thing, Uh, Rich, if we could, I'd like to talk about colorblind stuff. Oh my gosh. How many times don't I talk about that? Because it is obviously near and dear. And for everybody listening that hasn't heard me talk about it in the past, my greatest story, I think, was I have been obviously colorblind all my life. And um, my daughter is about to drive. And about two years ago or a year ago, we were doing something. And somehow either I went... Um, is this the peanut butter story? This is the peanut butter story. Oh. That somehow either she went, what color is peanut butter? I went, uh, you know, peanut butter is green. And everyone in the house stopped. <laughs> and it was like, what'd you say, Willis? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's green. And everyone's like, no, it's brown. And I'm like, no, peanut butter would be gross if it was brown. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody listening right now who visually knows that peanut butter is brown is now thinking, Gross green peanut butter. <laughs> oh, dude, that's the only way to eat it is green. But that's the way I see it. And um, you know, me, me and Dave were talking on another one that on Reddit they it made the front page, and it was how colorblind people see the world, and it had like four rows of colors. And as I looked at the first row and the second row, exactly the same. 
Right. When they're not, they're not in reality. To normal people, they're not the same. So, the third row had a few changes, but my daughter's looking at it going, oh no, it's way different, dad. And it's one of those things that you don't think about until you go to play games and we'll review some games. And even though I love them, I'll throw out, by the way, there's no symbols to match colors. And right. that's one way I found manufacturers get around the color issue is, Every time they use yellow, they'll use a sun. Every time they use green, they'll use grass. Every time they use blue, they'll use a water. To where when you're playing the game and you have color issues, well, you just look at the symbols. Right. And, and this that's is really a great idea. That's really around uh, board games, right? Because role-playing games, you can get away with theater of the oh, mind, yeah. all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But yes. it's, the, it's, the, uh, it's the tabletop games where you run into a lot of challenge. And that hits in a lot of really complex games where it's like, this one has a red border and this one has a green border. And oh, I go, man. they're all the same border. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially so, with cards in your hand and that kind of one thing. One of those yeah. things. And I think, Dave, you talked about seeing some ideas people have come up with. People who are making games, board games and that kind of thing, I want to say, I'm just hazarding a guess here that a thousand percent of them use Photoshop at some point in the design phase. They're designing the card. They're designing the playing board. Mm, I'm going to say 999, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost all of them are using Photoshop. And this is really just my message to developers out there. I don't think any of them are listening, but hopefully some of them get this message. In Photoshop, there is absolutely a colorblind proofing filter. What? 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 I didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah. So in, okay, so if you just search, you know, Adobe accessibility, um, yeah. there's an accessibility validation. And I'm just going to tell everybody how to get to it. You have your file open with the graphic mm -hmm. and everything. Go to choose view. Okay. Proof setup, color blindness. Oh man, I didn't know that. And they have, they have built in all of the, all of the forms of color blindness. So, huh. you know, red, green, colorblind, a total colorblind. So all you're working with is grayscale. So they've got built into their pr programs the ability for you to validate your game before you ship it, before you mint it. You know, so you can find the combination that's aesthetically pleasing to uh, full spectrum viewers, but cool. also accessible for folks that are on reduced spectrum. That is the coolest thing ever. That is neat. That was even a thing. I mean, it makes sense because for ADA compliance stuff, obviously yeah. they have to do that in other venues, but games get this pass because we are not a necessary component, but the tools yeah. are there for game developers to use. Well, and you know what a lot of it is too, is like, for instance, me, until I met D, I didn't know that this was a need in the market because it never crossed my mind. And so the idea is, as we raise this awareness, as, as these ideas go out there, you know, it's strictly from a marketing and business perspective. If you're that company that says, you know what, our company, we design for everybody. You know, we design for it. We take into consideration this, 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 and this. You know what? It's a win-win because it's a great marketing uh, point for them. Right. And it's a great service for the people that need it. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I would say that a lot of these uh, game developers these days, they're really, uh, what's the term, woke? Right. Mm -hmm. When it comes to <laughs> when it comes to social stuff, I you love know, that. Yes. you look at you look at Pathfinder, you look at D&D Fifth Ed, you look at some of these others that disclaimer right front and center. Everybody can play. Right. Yeah. Any any creed, color, orientation, whatever, whatever, whoever you are, you have mm -hmm. representation in our game and we want to make that possible. And, right. you know, they clearly want to inc be inclusive. And I don't think it would be too much. 
to add a little bit more accessibility so that they're including an even broader audience. I know. I'm, I'm hoping, Jack, you end up with enough exposure in this solution or in this environment after your tweet that you get that idea of someone that is a, a publisher of game materials. At, at Gen Con lately, they've been, I'd say in the past four or five years, there's always a little area where there's the company that says, you want to make a game, we make parts. And yeah, yeah. they do the, it's not all 3D, it's not Shapeways. It's the idea that, no, I'm going to make 1,000 dice at a time. So I really hope you get some exposure that someone that has those capabilities reaches out and provides you a platform to get more made at a better price to bring it out. Uh, you know, it's not, I don't think it's one of those that they would do to, to corner the market or, or <laughs> make a ton of money, but I think it's one they should do to mm-hmm. just be good in the gamer world. You know? Yeah. I'm with you on that because the idea is, you know, these people, people need, people need this. And, you know, I, I just don't think that pe- a lot of gamers get it, but if you're outside of gaming kind of looking in, it's just another nerdy game. I don't think they realize the life skills and stuff that go into role playing and what you can get out of it. And just, oh, yeah. it. and so, yeah, I mean, if you can make that available to everyone, Oh, true story. I asked my buddy D um, I said, D so do you ever have any of your uh, fellow friends from like the school of the blind? That's where he, he did a lot of work and stuff. I said, do you have any of them to ask you about role playing? And this is what, uh, this was the, actually the straw that broke the camel's back and made me go out and do dots. It he goes, Jack, I had to tell them that um, they have to find a group or a person who is sighted that will walk them through the game and, and take them under their wing or they won't be able to play because there's nothing out there for them. Wow. And I'm like, man, that is done. We're fixing that. <laughs> so wow. that's, where, that's where dots actually, that was like kind of like the, the main thing that hit. And, uh, but you're hitting it on the head. I hope, I hope that the exposure, I hope that people just jump in and, you know, again, we're not in here to corner a market. We're here to blow that corner off the map and just, right. you know, go have at it. Uh, you know, there's, there's, if, if people get the things that they need that empower them to play independently, my goal is eventually to be able to put a game, a box set in front of a group of kids that are completely blind, mm. let them open it up, read the rules and start playing without a sighted person in, in the room. I think that would be like the pinnacle of what we would try to do. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. That, I mean, that to me, like as a, as a fully able-bodied person, my like, autonomy and independence that allows me to just engage with something at at any point mm-hmm. is something that I take for granted every single day. And the notion that somebody out there shares this planet with me doesn't just innately have that is heartbreaking. Yeah, it is. So, you know, and it's like uh, surely, surely this can be done. Yeah, and you know, and it and it doesn't phase me at all if a company jumps out there and makes some money on it. If they put the dice out, and let's say they make five dollars or six dollars a set, but they're putting it out for the same price as a regular set, I'm I'm cool with that. Go totally, for it, totally. You know, uh, if you want to, if you want to offer your your PDFs, that, like for instance, I'll give you an example. I think D and D Beyond is a perfect platform for the visually impaired for uh fifth ed if everything is done accessibility wise i think you know i think they stand to really do a great job i'm sure yes. that nobody would mind paying 29 dollars the regular price for a book if it was fully accessible and they could read it you know as visually impaired so you know right. i think that that you know stuff like that there the potential is there and the, and the technology is already there it's just a matter of getting everybody on board so for the folks out there at home that uh have not played with D beyond yet because you're into Pathfinder or you're into mm-hmm. other games or something like that. D and Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, you're still you're still rocking <laughs> you first first ed or AD and D. D and D. We really don't have rules. Yeah, that's that is true. You've, <laughs> 
fully accessible because you make it all up. <laughs> um, D&D Beyond is a website where you can have your character, have your campaign, you can manage stuff in there, and you can bring in the books. You can buy all the books on the website and read through them, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of buying physical copies of all these books that sits on a shelf and nobody ever opens up, uh, you can have a fully searchable asset that if they do it right, it can be fully accessible as well. Yeah. In fact, I even subscribed to that and I bought the set with all the books, whatever, because I'm going to reach out. I'm going to have a couple of my visually impaired friends log in and, and test it to see what their what their experience is with it. Right. And then take that feedback and hopefully get it over to them and see what see if they can uh, work on that. Yeah. And a very, very small little add on to that conversation. Um, I work in an industry where I respond to RFPs. We were responding to one that had a, a lot of accessibility information within it. And on the web, I guess there's a lot of tools they can utilize that even though they're visually impaired, bring out audio based. I mean, they can just say read this or they can use Zoom or magnifiers that are basically like an overlay within the browser. Is that a good way to say that? Yeah, that is. And you know what? There's something there's something that's even super cool that I found. The only problem is it's ridiculously priced. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I I remember. Uh, Are you talking about the reader? Yes. Is that not amazing technology? I totally you you brained it into me. You are core. You are the core of thoughts. You are like the lightning master. As soon as you went, there's another cool thing. I went the thing that reads and makes it braille on this pad that it like bumps up the dots. Yes, dynamic. Oh, it was phenomenal. Yeah, you can actually you can you can hook it like Bluetooth via your phone. You can. Uh. Whatever. And basically what it does, it actually reads the, it translates the text in a PDF or whatever, or, or the website. And it pops up those letters in Braille and you can actually get like three rows of brand on these things. The problem is they're like two grand, you know? And so my thought is that was actually something else. And I haven't really gotten that far with it is I would love to be able to angel fund those to gamers in need because they can use it outside of gaming too. Right. So the I, that's that's kind of a long term project. Maybe yeah. once we five hundred one c three, maybe we could partner with some some entities to, to make that happen. Because think about it: what if you were to take one of those braille readers, and um and and like let's say that you had several game designers go ahead and make sure all of their games were PDA, uh, accessibility ready. You included that with an SD card, and you just mm. popped it into that thing, and you passed it around the table. Yeah, mm. you know that would be the coolest thing ever. Yeah, uh, amazing, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Saint Ma, I like the way you think, man. I like the way you think. <laughs> yeah, we uh we we have lots of ideas here. I <laughs> execution on, on the high shelf side is man, we're we're lucky to get this thing done every week. <laughs> yeah, we're lucky to get online and record a podcast. <laughs> it's the same here, man. I mean we get a, I, I like to call it I have a garbage bag full of ideas and about a shoebox worth of space for time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I'm I'm loving this. This is so cool. Just all the different ideas and and the different ways that people who make games or are gaming with other other humans have a way of making it easier and better on everybody. I've kind of touched on all the things that I was really hoping to get out of this. You know, talking about hearing impairments and colorblind that sort of thing. Are there other things that we haven't really touched on, like maybe a mobility impairment, like maybe uh, some people can't roll dice or they can't do other tasks, other motor functions? Are there other things out there that you're running into? Yeah, yeah. Actually, there's um, let me see if I can pull this up real quick. There is a guy. We're friends on Facebook. His name is Hawk. And he actually had. Have you seen the RPG bus? No. <laughs> What's the let RPG me, oh, bus? This sounds it awesome. Is the coolest thing ever. It is um, RPG bus. Let me see if I can find it real quick. 
And let me see. It looks it. like it might be RPGresearch.com. That's it. Does it have a really cool white bus with a wrap it, on it? It does. And on the back is like this wrap of fantasy playing around a table. And the bus is the, the trailer has a cool wrap on the back. The bus is nice, big and white. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. it. Yeah. And I think, I think they just got a wrap on the bus too. I believe. Oh, yeah. So that might be. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. And, but his name is, his name is Hawk. He goes, uh, and he is phenomenal. And that they actually take a lot of things in. Like I send him out dice. He's taking it to a local uh, school the blind for the blind, and he's going to get feedback and send it back to me. So he researches, you know, like the benefits of gaming and how like that is an, an incredible, incredible group of people. And then also Able Gamers does it too. So there's there's a couple of different groups that are out there that are huge. And what he does just blows my mind. I mean, he travels around and just work. If you look through the pictures on his site, it's it is. So heartwarming. It's fantastic. That's awesome. Oh, that's great. Okay. So we're, we'll link to that as well in the show notes. You know, is there anything else that, that we need to make sure it gets into this episode? No, other than the fact that I'll, I'll tell you something that D told me, and uh, this is something that uh, really kind of set things in perspective for me. He said, Jack, you know, you don't have to candle, handle all of us with kids gloves. And I said, oh, what do you mean by that D? He said, <laughs> he goes, look, if I'm walking behind you, I'll put my hand on your shoulder, walk, and don't worry about me. I, I can do my job. I just My norm is just different than your norm. Mm. And so don't treat us any differently. Just understand our norm. And I said, well, he goes, if you don't walk into a car, I won't walk into a car. And I said, well, <laughs> what if I walk into a car? He goes, you're my early warning detection system. Like, yes, <laughs> this guy is great. So the, what, I, what I'd like to put out there is there's norms for everybody. And uh, when we deal with things like disabilities or you know, accessibility needs, we're not watering things down. We're just adapting to a norm. So mm-hmm. when you, when you think about that, just remember they, their norm is just through, uh, through touch and sound as opposed to sight, sound and touch. So just remember there's differences and it's a norm and, uh, you don't have to walk around with kid gloves around these people. And it's probably important to kind of set for the folks out there that who are gaming with fully able-bodied people and then are introduced to the opportunity to game with somebody who has any kind of impairment. It is totally fine to ask, hey, what can I do to make this this fun for you? Yeah. Oh, and I have something that's super important. This was on another podcast. I ran into the the, the person I was one of the podcast members was blind. She she told me this that blew my mind. When they go to a convention, they talk to her husband. They don't address her directly. Ooh. Like, what does she need? What would she like? What don't do that. They're normal people. Talk directly to them. Right. Yeah. So. Please, uh, please see our women in gaming podcast for that exact same comment from able-bodied women. Yeah. Is that not hilarious? I'm not, it's not hilarious, but is that not coincidental that even yeah. when we uh, talked to a bunch of able-bodied women that they were like, it's, I hate it when I walk up and they talk to my boyfriend or my husband. Yeah. It's me that has the question. Dude, my wife is a hell of a lot smarter than I am. I mean, don't, don't talk to me. Talk to her. Cause yeah, <laughs> I can hear in the background affirming this. <laughs> yes. Interesting. Very interesting yeah. to hear those same comments. Uh, that is such an important point that whoever you're talking to, make sure you are making every effort to engage with them as a peer and mm-hmm. not yeah. as, as something other than that. Right. Exactly. Well, oh man, I'm so glad we ended on this point. Um, this is, 
Jack, having you on has been a real a real treat. So thank you so much for making time out of your day to join Rich and oh, I and talk about this. Thanks for having me, man. It was fun hanging out with you guys. Good. Thanks. Jack, Good. appreciate your service. Also, you know, and and the and the 20 years with the Navy. You know, 25 years. Oh, it was only years. 10, but it, was, it felt like 20. Yeah. <laughs> so, 25 years of a marriage. Great job on that one. Yeah. Well, and thank um, again, thank you for your service with the Navy. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate it, man. Jack, do you have any uh, kind of parting thoughts or anything else that you want to say? Again, it's been so much fun having you on, and I, I can't wait already to have you back whenever it's appropriate to do so. Yeah, I guess the parting thought I would say is Dots is truly alt- altruistic. In other words, we don't we don't expect anything back for what we do. And I would challenge everybody out there, whether you're whether you're just a gamer or whether you're a designer or whatever, to just try doing something for other people without anything in re- in response to that. So you, you give without expecting anything back and you will be amazed at how your life will change with that. And I hope that this helps other people out there in just improving the world around them for others and, and for themselves as well. You know, because if everybody around you is having a good time, that means you are more likely to be having a good time too. <laughs> right, man. It's awesome. <laughs> well, cool. I, I guess we should probably go ahead and wrap it up. So everyone, as always, have fun and play well. May all your rolls be crits. Thanks for having me, man. Just, just, I roll with D. Thanks for listening. If you have feedback for us, please find us on Twitter, again, at High Shelf Gaming, or on our Facebook group, High Shelf Gaming Podcast. Of course, we're on iTunes and Stitcher as well, so feel free to leave us some feedback or a review there. 